0: There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. My name is Dean Kirshner, and I'm part of the ministry of Gospel Link. As you can tell by the name, Gospel Link is centered on the good news of Jesus Christ, who he is, what he has done, and what he is doing today. All three podcasts this month have featured Ukraine, and while In the first two, I have tried to detail for you what Christians and churches are doing in Ukraine as the war has transpired currently. I thought today that I would focus on one particular preacher from Ukraine. He was sponsored through Gospel Inc. for 16 years until he passed away in 2020. But his work and his disciples and his grandchildren remain, and they are bearing fruit even under the ravages of an invasion in that country today. I hope you have posted a link to this podcast on your Facebook page, if you have one. Or maybe you use Instagram. Let them know about a cup of good news. Have you told people in your Sunday school class? Maybe you've been led to give to the crisis fund for Ukraine that Gospeling has set up to assist the men and women who are on the spiritual front lines of that country today. Again, We're talking about Ukraine today, but not on current events. I wanna backtrack into history and introduce you to one of my favorite national preachers to ever work with Gospel Inc. I met Anatoly Lelenko in Zaporozhye, Ukraine way back in 2003. It was Gospel Inc's initial visit to Ukraine. Anatoly wasn't flamboyant, nor was he highly educated. If I could use one line to describe Anatoly, I would have to say that Anatoly Lelenko was so glad that he knew the Lord Jesus that it was his highest priority in life to tell others how they could also receive and know Jesus too. For a long time, I have wanted to collect Anatoly's reports and collate them into a kind of publication. I would call them the Lelenko files. Well, I haven't done that, and that is partly because I'm seeing our society move away from a writing reading society. People prefer podcasts and videos. So consider this episode to be chapter one of the Lelenko files. I have to say that this episode is personal to me. Partly because I used to live in that part of the world, and partly because I know Anatoly personally. But truthfully, this story convicts. I know that I'm trying to refresh you with good news, but today I think conviction may accompany that refreshment. Again, this story is personal, and I've titled it, Love Thy Neighbor, the Drunken One. It is said about Jesus that once... When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted, having no shepherd. Most of us today do not live around sheep. If you do, they are probably pets, or 4-H projects, or perhaps convenient back-acre lawnmowers. Believe it or not, I am a sheep shearer, and I have been around sheep, probably more than I would naturally have chosen. That grease and manure, mm-hmm, the lanolin. For a sheep shearer, that's the smell of money. But in all my experiences with sheep owners, I've never met anyone who lives and survives on sheep like they did in the Middle East 2,000 years ago. I mean really, do you know anyone who would call themselves a shepherd? I'm thinking that even if I go on some kind of jobsearch.com, shepherding sheep would not be an occupation that I would find in modern America. (sighs) I sigh, for though I admit punching a keyboard and a digital phone might be an easier way to make a living, we must certainly lose some of the insights written in scripture back when they were watching flocks and herds was such a common occurrence. In another place in Scripture, Jesus referred to himself as a good shepherd, one who lays his life down for the sheep. And that, my friends, is love. That is compassion. Such a self-sacrificing shepherd must be dedicated beyond belief. In another parable, a good shepherd leaves those who are safe in the flock and goes out in the night and dares the wilds to rescue one lost sheep. Again, love. Love. Again, compassion. Our savior and our shepherd reaches out to each one of us with love and then bids us to love one another. Be kind to one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is why I've called this story, love your neighbor, even the drunken one. Anatoly Lenko possessed a smile like no other. However, we rarely saw his smile in a photograph. It wasn't that this preacher from Zaporozhye was grumpy or grim or melancholy. No, it's just that in front of the camera, Anatoly smiled with his lips closed. Actually, I'm not sure Anatoly even had a camera. But if you were to see him in a photo, there would be nothing singular or remarkable about his smile. Now. Being a preacher, Anatoly could, of course, not keep his mouth closed all the time. He had served Jesus wholeheartedly since 1992. And so maybe that's another reason that he smiled more than his share, at least more than his share of other people who lived in Eastern Ukraine. You see, Anatoly had no white teeth. He had teeth, yes, but no white ones. They were all gold. Now, I never asked him if his teeth were pure gold, or part gold, or, or what carat gold. Or maybe they were brass. I don't know. I met him back in 2003. I never asked him. I am guessing that Anatoly was a mite self-conscious. But whether or not his teeth were gold or not, I know his heart was. Besides, it was Anatoly's ministry that interested me most. You see, Anatoly Lelenko typifies the kind of national preacher that Gospel Inc. is looking to support. He appreciated the power and the purpose of the gospel, having never heard it for the first 20 years of his life. He grew up in a normal Soviet family. He went to school, did his mandatory military duty, and became a truck driver. Somewhere, somehow, along the line, he lost his teeth. But I digress. When the Soviet Union collapsed, many things changed. But for Anatoly, the greatest thing that changed was his knowledge of the truth. He heard for the first time that Jesus Christ came not to change the dates on a calendar or to start a religious movement, but to change people, to change him, Anatoly. Once living an empty, atheistic-based life, he gladly received forgiveness for his sins when he acknowledged that Jesus was the only Savior. The golden teeth must have glittered with his newfound faith, but it was his tongue that changed the most. It went from swearing to blessing, from cursing to evangelism. Anatoly said in his application, I looked around and realized that my people don't know God." He wasn't a young man at the time. He was a family man, a blue collar worker with a truck to drive. But he enrolled in Bible college so he could study the word of God and teach his fellow comrades who God is. Now, Anatoly didn't live in Zaporozhye city. He lived out in the village. And village life is different. One knows the surrounding neighbors more intimately. Now that can be good, It can be bad. Anatoly pastored three different churches in three different villages. These are not big paying churches. In fact, they aren't paying churches at all. The offerings that the widows and the majority of unemployed members offer up in such Ukrainian villages can barely keep the physical house of prayer painted, insulated, or the roof leak free. When Gospel Inc. met Anatoly, he was still working as a driver to make ends meet. So his neighbors knew him as a pastor and as a driver, and in every way he could, he made his God known to them. If you could have met Anatoly when I did, you might have thought that he was still a truck driver exclusively. His hands were thick. His grip made my hand feel like a wrench in its grasp. But if you had read his reports every quarter, which both his sponsors and I always did with anticipation, you would not have made a mistake where his heart and his ambition was located. On a rainy fall day, Anatoly neared the road in his village. He noticed a drunk lying carelessly on the cement slab of the bus stop. The rain had pooled under him and other pedestrians at the bus stop gave him a disdainful berth. Sadly, it is not uncommon for a derelict in eastern Ukraine to arrive at a bus stop, but fail to keep consciousness until his bus arrives. The vodka offers to cover their sorrows, but in reality, it only exposes their frailty. I needed no imagination as I read those lines from Anatoly's report. I have seen the scourge of alcohol humiliate the strongest of Russian men. I could feel the cold Ukrainian drizzle and imagine Pastor Lelenko's windshield wipers squeaking. I knew without any embellishment that there were others at the bus stop, standing with umbrellas, aloof from the drunken fool in the puddle. It's not that my imagination is vivid. I have witnessed the scene too many times in person to forget it. Anatoly, however, took a second look He recognized the prostrate individual. It was his neighbor. He knew this man well. He had conversed with him innumerable times. More than once they had talked about the weather or the progress of the garden. But significantly and passionately, they had talked about the need to repent and humble oneself under God's hand of salvation. The neighbor appreciated Anatoly. Christianity had made a decent man out of this driver even if it did make him a fanatic who talked about prayer and repentance all the time. But religion was for the infirm, the weak, the elderly. At least, that's what the Ukrainian culture had taught this man all his life. Manhood was distinguished by drinking and smoking and military service, not by religious piety or humility. I do not know if it dawned on Pastor Lenko that he was witnessing an answer to prayer. Had he not prayed for an open door? Had he not interceded for his neighbor and and asked the Lord to convict him? A myriad of emotions could have easily flowed through this national preacher's heart. Serves him right, the drunken fool. Oh, I wish, I just wish he would learn to quit drinking. How long does he have to go before he sees the light? I suppose all of those reactions might have coursed through my mind. I do not know what Anatoly thought, but he was moved with compassion. He saw a man needing a shepherd. I read the rest of his report. Like Jesus, he saw the sin, and he was moved. In other words, he did something about it. He stopped his car. He stepped out into the drizzle and made his way to the bus stop. He called his neighbor by name. In a sluggish stupor, the man tried to raise his head and focus. Davaiti, davaiti, idiv mashinu, called Anatoly. That's Russian for, come on, come on, let's get into the car. Anatoly wiped the mud and the grime off the man's clothes as best he could, before he deposited him in the front seat. The drive was not that long, and without any significant mishap, the preacher got his neighbor into home and warmth to sleep it off. Now I have to admit at this point, in reading the report, I was convicted. You see, I had lived in the former USSR for five years, and you know how many drunk people that I picked up and put in my car? None. They're the ones you stay away from. They'll give you a disease or or find out where you live and come rob you when they sober up. Now I admit that's fear, not faith, but that's why I was convicted. For sure, I have visited orphanages and passed out Bibles and preached the gospel, but I had never done for any Russian what this national Ukrainian man did for his neighbor I felt the sensation that this national preacher, this former truck driver, had done a greater work than anything I had done. The whole scenario validates Gosplank's ministry in supporting national people. Anatoly Lelenko was a national preacher. Men like him have no money to lose. The drunken man already knows where he lives. Anatoly doesn't have to protect his possessions. He only has compassion and truth to offer. Sometimes you give the truth, sometimes the compassion. Gospeling never asserts that the support of national preachers should be the only way that mission dollars should be distributed. Not at all. But I would suggest that these national men have advantages that we as Americans do not have. If I were to pick up a drunk, I would be afraid that he would lurk and wait for my kids, or he might find some way to exploit me. Anatoly doesn't fear that. Anatoly was as poor as his neighbor. He didn't fear any loss. In fact, his love not only cast away fear, but his love did not allow condemnation toward his neighbor, no matter how drunk and dirty he became. You see, Anatoly's love valued the man's soul more than he valued a clean passenger seat in his car. Anatoly's story continued, that next Sunday we were all shocked when my neighbor walked into the house of prayer. I have invited him many times, but he has never come. After my sermon, my neighbor came forward and publicly repented of his sin and asked Jesus Christ to be his savior. He is now attending discipleship classes because he wants to be baptized and to become a church member. Included in Anatoly's report was a photo that someone had taken of the church service. His neighbor, the new convert, was on the front row. I gazed at that photo. And though I know that service for our Lord Jesus should not be a matter of competition or comparison, I thought of all the Russians that I have tried to lead to Christ and I thought of all the Bibles I had given away. I thought of all the children who had heard about Jesus for the first time because I, the American missionary, came to their school. But I had never picked up a drunk. I had never seen the same man one day lying incognizant on the sidewalk and the next Sunday morning repenting publicly. Truly, Anatoly Lenko, being a national preacher, possessed a capability to do greater things than I could do. As I said earlier, Anatoly Lelenko is no longer with us. This is just chapter one in the Lelenko files, more forthcoming, but I hope it challenges you. I hope it gives you a new vision of national people. I hope maybe even it convicts you of how you're treating your neighbors. The villages where Anatoly once evangelized lie in the direct vicinity of where the Russian military is now encamped. I do not know many details about the members of his church and how they are faring at this time. I do know that Anatoly Lelenko was a light to hundreds, and God used him time and time again. Today we are seeing destruction in Ukraine, but God has national preachers there who continue to love their neighbors, the drunk ones, and even the invading ones. And that, my friend, is good news. Shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright. And Christ's great kingdom shall come to earth. The kingdom above and high. I mentioned it before, but please send a link of this podcast to others interested in Ukraine post it on your Facebook account or on Instagram. We all need good news from a far country. The photo I mentioned is posted on the website, cupofgoodnews.org. That's cupofgoodnews.org. There's also a link there that will enable you to give to men who knew Anatoly well and who are still here on this earth, in Ukraine, with immense ministry before them at this day. Give as the Lord leads you, and Gospel Inc. will get it into the hands of national preachers who are also pouring cups of good news about a Savior and His gospel.